Welcome to Chatting with Fate Accompli. I'm your host, Logan Wolf, and today I'm joined by my good friend, Scott Jacobson. Hello, how's it going? You know, it'd be going better if a uh, yeah. certain somebody was here. You know, yeah. I thought maybe if we dropped this down to bi-weekly, Michael would be over. You're putting a lot of faith in Michael's attendance here. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, Scott. I'm just a very hopeful person as the history of this podcast is shown. <laughs> Don't worry. This is our first episode. Wait. Wait. <laughs> I can say I can hear your... I can hear the sliminess of your eye closing in, in a wink. I can hear it through. That's what I'm known for. And Slimy eyes. <laughs> Never going back to that, Applebee's. <laughs> anyway, my lawyer is advising that we change the subject. How do you uh, feel about that? <laughs> well, what did you do? <laughs> Logan, please heed my lawyer's advice and change the subject. What are we talking <laughs> about right, today right. on this podcast that isn't about Applebee's? Or your slimy eyes. Logan? Subject <laughs> changing on today's episode of Chatting with Fate Comply, we're gonna go ahead and talk about sequels, you know, because some sequels you look at them and you're like, Yeah, that's all right, and then you look at some, you know, none in particular, none off the top of my head. Def I'm not, I'm definitely not talking about something like, uh, you know, <laughs> like Halo 4, where you're just like, No, no Why? we're definitely not naming any Sly 4s, I mean, names here, huh. A lot of weird. Like some slime got in my eye. Sorry. Weird that they were both four. It's four like a it's, it's the magic number? number for. I guess we'll just churn out some more dollars. <laughs> but that's not the topic of today. That's not the focus of today. No, because sometimes sequels can be yeah. good. Yeah. Sometimes true. sequels can realize the promise of an original project. Sometimes. Sometimes they just don't happen, though. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they should happen to realize that promise. And then they don't. And it's sad. And we're all sad. Yeah. And sometimes they don't they don't happen for what I can only like guess is no reason. Because sometimes a good game, unfortunately, will not get a sequel just because it didn't really sell well. You mm. know what I mean? Where it's not necessarily the game itself was bad. It's just, you know, maybe it's a niche market. Like, it can still be a good game. But, it like, something like... Not that I think this needs a sequel, mind you. This is something along the categories of if it ever got a sequel, I'd be like, what? But something like Spec Ops The Line. Where it's, like, very fantastic game. Underperformed horribly. <laughs> yeah. So nothing ever happened with it. Which... I can't even necessarily say it's to its detriment because, again, I mean, yeah, of all the I don't examples, want to see, like, yeah, a, a Spec Ops really does work oh, best on its own. Can, yeah, I don't know what a sequel would look like, but I mean, there are plenty of cases of that where it is great and there is, you know, it's open to expansion in a sequel. And again, maybe it's not even because it's like it bombed; it just didn't set the, uh, you know, set the charts on fire. It just doesn't materialize yeah. ever, which is really unfortunate, but also. There, so there's a lot of games like that, honestly. I say there's a lot of games, can't think of any off the top of my head, but <laughs> believe you me, I'm sure they're out there somewhere. But then there are some we'll games, find them. yeah, but <laughs> then there are some games that absolutely kill, they annihilate in terms of uh sales, in terms of like critical and audience reception. 
but then just nothing really ever happens with them. And that kind of brings me to my first example of a sequel that I really, really feel like should happen just based uh, like purely on popularity and customer reception alone. Mm-hmm. The big B, the big double B, Bloodborne. A game that will single-handedly get itself trending on Twitter when nothing happens. Yeah, it's... There hasn't been anything Bloodborne related since, what, the DLC released in 2015? Yeah, I think so. That's been the last bit of Bloodborne, and yet people are still talking about Bloodborne, because Bloodborne is pretty good. Pretty good, all things considered. I don't know if that's a hot take these days, but it's pretty good. Uh, Scott, it might be a bit too spicy for this podcast. I might have to go back and edit that out. I don't know if I can put something so controversial yet so brave on the air. Show Logan, and we know you don't edit these. You're right. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> Bloodborne is like the picture perfect case or uh, the perfect scenario, like the perfect storm of a game that does really well is very critically acclaimed. And yet the studio and the publisher never talk about it. Like not even like a whisper. Like when the PlayStation 5 came out, Sony would not shut the hell up about their classic like uh, what's the what's like a classic place? Is it called Platinum Games? Like you mean oh like their line of like yeah they, what they, they sold refer- well and did well yeah that uh, they, they, they were they, greatest hits up until the PS4 version uh, okay uh, which in which they kind of twisted it to PlayStation hits I think mm. in any case it just rolls off the tongue doesn't it yeah their greatest hits they would they they pushed them a lot you know sometimes it's like because what I think like Days Gone was in there at some point too and it's just like greatest hits. Anyways, <laughs> it's always been a bit of a loose title, we'll be honest. Yeah, but Bloodborne was among them. And especially when the PS5 came out, there was a lot of talk of like upgrading, especially like I feel like those games to like PS5 level or at least, you know, like if not the PS5 uh, enhancement, like it runs better on PS5 or, you know, something, some sort of upgrade. Yeah. Bloodborne was never once in those conversations, even though it was staring at them dead in the face. I've said this once, and I will say it a million more times. If you give me Bloodborne with 60 FPS and nothing else, I will pay you full price again. (laughs) Right. Right. I I mean, you'll get a lot. You'll get a lot of people in the same boat. Sometimes we're like $70 for that. Yeah, Bloodborne. Yes, it's Bloodborne. Yes, yes. It's yes. Worth it. She's so worth it. <laughs> I just, I don't understand just how there isn't anything. And I, I know we'll never know until somebody comes out and says it. But since it is a PlayStation exclusive, I don't know if it's a FromSoft thing where they're just like, you know, it's a PlayStation exclusive. We don't really want to focus on that or maybe they didn't really expect it to do as well i don't know or if playstations being uh nor their usual awful selves and i don't know like fucking the deal somehow but it's like they have this cash cow it's it is such a strange thing 
to have such an obvious cash cow thrown in Sony's face over and over and over and over again, and they never try to suckle the teat. Those monsters, it's right in the face. So plump and pink. I serious, it's so full, it's so ready to go, it's so ready to make them so much money, but they're not doing anything. And I just, I don't understand it. Right. Sony? The the people that re-released The Last of Us 15 times? In god-awful states? <laughs> <laughs> I know that, yeah, it is, you know, Sony owns Bloodborne and From Software is the developer. So, you know, maybe they have to come to the table. But I'm just surprised at this point, just from the sheer enormity of Bloodborne's following, even to this day, that we haven't even gotten like, a, you know, a sub studio handling, you know, a quick sequel or something like that. Like, yeah, to even milk it in that like pejorative cash cow sense. Like, we haven't even gotten that. We got Knack 2. We got a sequel <laughs> to Knack before we got a sequel to Bloodborne. I just don't understand it. It's it's just, it's one of those conundrums where it's like, one of two things has to happen, or be happening. Either some, like, studio differences that they either just, just like, FromSoft doesn't really want to make another one, or... I, I don't know. There's just something with the deal that is just preventing it from happening, which I wouldn't be surprised if, if Sony was the issue here because they usually are or in a complete shift of respect. Sony is somehow having the highest level of respect for Bloodborne and keeping their grubby little mitts away from it, even when we're begging them to put them on it. <laughs> like, it's so strange. Right. I mean, they could just give it to like, you know, the JV studio out in like Swindon or something, some obscure thing just to hack out this like very obvious just cash grab. We just wanted to make money off of Bloodborne, too. And it would still turn a dollar because we'd be like, well, I mean, let's see what all this is about. Right. I mean, yeah. (laughs) So it's just very weird. It's so very strange to me. And again, it's one of those uh, FromSoft games that it's not. Like, yes, it is Souls-like, but it's one of the more unique ones, like Sekiro, where, like, the main mechanic of the game is a lot different than any other Souls title. And it's just, like, it's it's very mm-hmm. strange. You know what? That just brought up another point that I didn't even, I didn't even consider this. Sekiro. Yeah. Sekiro was also very well, like, received. And I, I don't know if it's, it's necessarily it. sold as well as uh, other FromSoft games, but... Definitely in terms of critical acclaim and at at least reception. I'm not going to say popularity because I feel like Sekiro is probably one of the less popular uh, FromSoft games. But I mean, it's unfortunate, but yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I mean, that could be why there like we can at least argue the case that it's just not as popular. But Bloodborne, I feel like if you have a PlayStation, you have Bloodborne. So I don't Mm. it's. I don't understand it. <laughs> well, Sekiro is Activision as well. That's their property. And if you think anybody's going to, you know, turn a quick sequel out, it's going to be Activision. Yeah. So the fact that they haven't done anything with that is interesting, too. Possibly even more interesting. Honestly, yeah. I Again, this wasn't even in my... <laughs> that wasn't even in my list. It just... We're talking about FromSoft, and it just popped out of nowhere. But, uh... Yeah. I... I, I, I can't... 
I can't believe that the studios or not, sorry, not the studios, but like Activision and Sony are having any sort of respect for it. I have to imagine there's maybe some like contract or something that I, I don't know. I, I really Obscure don't know. fine print that ties from software inextricably, uh, inextricably to Bloodborne. Yeah. And maybe uh, maybe FromSoft is just like, you know, we're doing our own thing. We don't really want to don't yeah. want to necessarily work on it, which I mean, you know, that's fair I enough mean, for them. Yeah. Let, let them cook. Right. I mean, they're, they're, they're in they, the kitchen. They're Elden Ring, hard. Armored Core 6. I, they their last two games have been complete bangers. <laughs> like yeah. they they don't need they don't need no studio yeah. they are they don't need no publisher <laughs> yeah no if they feel like they're at a point where they would just be hacking it out to hack it out and they don't really have like a like a you know a spark of motivation for it then yeah fine that's no, fine yeah no it's, it's not it, time then if that's the reason why we don't have a bloodborne 2 yet is because FromSoft is just like you know it's not really the time we're not really feeling it that is 100% fine by me. I wish you were feeling it because I want another one, but... <laughs> oh, I wish. I would love to see, because, you know, it's been almost 10 years since Bloodborne at this point. I would yeah. love to see From Software apply all of the lessons they've picked up in that decade and revisit the world of Bloodborne, because that is such a fascinating world. There's so much room for really, creativity yeah. in Bloodborne's world with the whole steampunk gothic aesthetic combined with the Lovecraftian nightmares. Like, the bananas weapons that they had... Like the giant pizza cutter and the uh, the one that's just an arm holding another weapon. Like, I love that one. Like to see what they would do now, that'd be amazing. And there's a lot of quality of life to Bloodborne that could be bumped up in a sequel. That would be really nice. Yeah. Like I like the blood vial mechanic, but maybe something a little more like in line with Estus and how that works. Because it can get kind of annoying if you run out to just have to, you know, quick run out and do the shopping to grab some more blood vials. Yeah, that. Yeah. It being a consumable is kind of annoying and that's kind of more like because uh, uh what was it i'm trying to remember was it dark souls one or dark souls two that had like the leaf shits uh was that two the leaf shits yeah it was like these little leaves i don't that... recognize it so maybe it was two maybe it might have been two because i know there's like life gems and stuff but you still had like your estus so yeah yeah two was definitely a lot i remember life gems yeah yeah uh <laughs> right but of course, you know, combining with something, maybe not going quite to the speed of Sekiro, but they've they've picked up their pace of gameplay in the past uh, couple of years from software. And yep. so to see them go back to Bloodborne, which was, you know, there's no block. It is frenzy. You stab. You got hit. OK, stab and get that hit back. That's how you get it back. Yeah. That'd be great. I'd love to see them take another stab at it. So would I. But unfortunately, we just we, we don't know we don't know why <laughs> we don't know not even the easy just port it to 60 type option is being used here it's very yeah. strange it's and you very, and it gets yeah. to a point where it's like they've got to be cooking something but at the same time it's been so long it's it's got to be like willful ignorance at this point like <laughs> well the fact that they won't even come out and just say yeah we're not working on anything the like it's just complete ra that's the only reason why i feel like there's still so much talk about it is because there hasn't been anything confirming or denying it from anyone. And it's just right. like, well, <laughs> what the hell do we do? Right. I bet in a couple of years we'll get some stories coming out about how, you know, they've been trying stuff behind the scenes or maybe they had something working at one point, but then they scrapped it because of, you know, the talks with From Software or something, if there need to be any talks with it. I don't know. I don't know if they know, but, you know, maybe one day we'll find out. I don't know. 
either. Maybe it'll turn into a Half-Life 3 situation. Maybe Bloodborne 2 will be the new Half-Life 3. <laughs> They're always dangling it over us. You know, every console generation, every upgrade. Well, maybe this will be the one to run a new Bloodborne. Well, I say that, but then so... Valve actually did actually make Project Alex, which I mean, you know, it's a VR game and it's not really Half-Life 3, but it was another Half-Life game right? from a company that hasn't made a game in so long and it's <laughs> and it was a fucking banger so right. like they still got it so right. maybe it just needs to the time needs to be right yeah maybe 30 years from now we'll have a bloodborne <laughs> vr game <laughs> at last oh my goodness so many beasts are on the shop <laughs> the blood is thick that was a horrible guess going impression i'm so sorry scott please take me away <laughs> uh no get away from me don't touch me uh. right so that's that's one that we were you know because we were thinking about stuff for this episode that was one i was like oh duh like how did i not think about that that's so i didn't so I, easy i didn't think about it until i looked at my games list <laughs> which right. i was also like how did i not think of that jesus right uh, but there was one that I was thinking about. This was probably the one that I was thinking about that uh, got me to suggest, hey, let's do this episode about this because it's uh, been on my mind lately. Yeah. Uh, this game, I I think most people, I don't think this will be a, as spicy a take as Bloodborne good. I nope. think that uh, most people who have played this game will probably agree with me. And those who even haven't played this game will probably also say, yeah, how hasn't that gotten a sequel? I feel like I'm still hearing about that. It's one of those games that came out I'm just realizing now, I think it came out like nine years ago, almost to the day, and I feel mm. exceptionally old. <laughs> uh, and people are still talking about it, and there are still games citing it as a contemporary influence. And I know before I get into it, I know that there's some walking nerd moji out there that's like, well, actually, this one did get a sequel. It was a mobile game that was styled after Five Nights at Freddy. No, no. If I have people coming up to me after this and talking to me about that, I will find you. I will find your house and I will shit in every concave surface in your house, in your bowls, in your pots, in your sconces for the lanterns. I will do it. That's a lot of shit. <laughs> I will. I have that and much in my body. Don't test me, Logan. <laughs> you know what I mean? A real proper sequel on real proper hardware on consoles and PCs actually in the style of the original game and evolving it in a fun direction. Now, what's the game I actually have not been talking about in terms of title? Alien Isolation. Mm. Alien Isolation. Uh, some still argue it as the epitome of the uh, the hide and seek genre of survival horror, in which you're a you know a defenseless little twerp being chased by this big unstoppable monster, which is of course you know the centerpiece of Alien Isolation, the alien itself. You know the alien is not just some boring like AI. Well, patrol bot. I go here. I go here. And go back to here, and then you have to find, you know, in the middle of the patrol to sneak by them. The alien is a hunter. The alien will adapt. The alien will, it won't go a certain radius from you. It knows you're there. It's looking for you. It'll, it's, its actions are completely organic to its environment. It may go into the vents. It may hear you and scuttle out. It makes for a very tense experience when you are trying to, you know, solve, you know, go through an environment and uh, solve the uh, whatever green key to green door puzzle you're working on. And then you just hear this loud thump from the other room and go, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you've got to switch into Heidi mode. 
it's very tense and it changes too you know if you get away by hiding in a cupboard it'll check cupboards now it'll know like okay i'll look for that and the fact that it's totally unpredictable you know it's easy to understand why this is regarded as like the pursuer type trope in gaming uh, and on top of that the game just looks really damn good really good like you can tell that the developers got actual terabytes of set data from the original alien movie because they recaptured the atmosphere to a t the lo-fi 70s uh futuristic tech quote-unquote the uh just the look of the game too all of the models all of the art like even uh on more recent re-releases like the switch version the switch version actually looks better than it did on ps4 and xbox one just because they have that uh that distinctive style and you know they care about how it looks and so overall it really does uh adapt the suspense and dread of the original film not so much adapting you know the story of it but putting across that emotion of it you know making you feel like you're in alien it's really great oh boy it's not perfect though (laughs) Yeah, you could feel me loading up my sentence there, couldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not it's not a perfect game though, Alien Isolation. Uh, for one thing, you probably caught on that, you know, it's a survival horror game. I wasn't saying that it's a scary game. I was saying it's a tense game. Because it is. You know, it, it's tense and it's exciting trying to get through the levels, trying to, you know, listen for the alien. It really becomes like adopting a spe- uh, a second language, trying to determine like, okay, that thump means it went up, I can walk around a bit. That thump means it just fell down. I got to, you know, start hiding behind stuff he's but that's also an <laughs> alien just to... he's looking for some takis in the pantry give him give him a second he's a little occupied uh and like it's tense and all that but i think uh i think we talked about this when uh, we were talking about just horror games generally a couple of years ago or this phenomenon that i think i recognize when uh in like hide and seek horror like it's scary at first like oh don't find me don't find me in here please please don't find me but then it gets to a point where you know you die enough to it it's not really scary anymore it's frustrating because it's like oh of course he dropped down now now when i'm saving my game yeah so it's not like it's still tense because it's like please save please save please save please save please save it's just not very like shivery me timbers you know uh on top of that it's not super complicated i mean it's tense and exciting and organic but i mean like the alien flops out of the vent you're going to be hiding behind something, crouching under something, you know, and it goes back up. Then you can walk around. It's not super like it's not really deep interaction with the alien. I'm like the closest other thing like you could throw in there is you can uh, deter the alien with fire. But I mean, that's you just fire and it runs away. It's not super complicated. Uh, but that kind of leans into uh, definitely the biggest issue with alien isolation uh, is that it is irresponsibly long. I don't say that about many games, just games that have so much stuff in them that it's just it's borderline crass. Like you didn't need this. You just had the money and you just decide we can do this. Like Last of Us Part Two, irresponsibly long. God of War Ragnarok, the poster child for irresponsible length. My God, that shit should have been reined in. Oh my and god! Unfortunately, sorry, I, yeah, I just remember I, 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 I just remember talking to Michael and being like, because he had beaten the game, and I was just like, yeah, you know, I'm getting kind of sick of the open world, so I just really want to bang out some story missions. I think I'm pretty close. He's like, oh, what do you want? And I told him, and he's just like, oh yeah, you're like barely halfway. And I was just like, fucking excuse In me. The arms of the angel. Yeah, no. So at that point, probably yeah. I just spam the fucking main missions because I was like, I right. could not be bothered halfway. Right. Jesus Christ! Right. And thankfully, Alien Isolation is not that bad, 
but it's still in that camp. Like, yeah, well, being conservative and saying you'll probably explore a little bit and you'll probably die a couple times to the alien. Uh, an average first playthrough of Alien Isolation's campaign is like 20 hours. I'm not even kidding. Ah, Jesus. <laughs> and, but the thing is, too, it's not even just like 20 hours of hide and seek. Because, like, honestly, running the numbers, the alien is probably in the game for about 40% of it. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I remember hearing that, yeah, the alien wasn't in it for like a majority of it. And it's just right. like, that's weird. It's not. I mean, at the beginning, it kind of makes sense. You know, they're building the suspense. You know, oh, something's gone wrong on the station. All these people are freaked out. They're seeing something. What is it? You know, you're catching fleeting glimpses of it. What is it? And then until finally it uncoils and drops in front of you. And it's like, hey, and then you got to start running, you know? Yeah. But then there are parts in the middle game where just nothing is happening. You're just walking around. Parts in the late game where nothing is happening. You're just kind of walking around. And there's parts, those parts yeah, don't have the alien. Baby! Woo, that's what I've been waiting for! That's what it's all about. <laughs> but then sometimes it's like, the alien just goes. Like, the alien says, like, having a little sleep somewhere. And all you have to do is, like, go against these, uh, the working Joe robots. And those are, like, the epitome of, I patrol here, and then I patrol here. And they don't, they don't have that adaptive AI of the alien. It's just, it becomes a really, just, like, baseline serviceable survival horror game. Hmm. And that's yeah. disappointing. I don't know if I'd want to play a survival horror game for like a hide and seek version for 20 hours. Right. Well, even if it was just the <laughs> constant alien, it's like that's still really long. Yeah. The right. same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. Which can make it feel like, you know, the game is mostly just a proof of concept. I mean, a concept proven. It is fun. It is exciting. People are still talking about it to this day. Uh and I mean, I guess it's to be expected. You know, you make a game, you're like, that's the idea. The alien's the idea. That's the center of it. And you're making, you know, putting all your effort into making sure that's really good. Sometimes the other stuff kind of, you know, bugs on a windscreen. You don't really, you know, it's kind of as you go along. But that oh, makes a perfect, uh, yes. But it's like fertile ground for a sequel when you do have that. All right, we got the concept proven. Now we can focus on all the other stuff. We can tell a better story. You know, we can expand this uh, gameplay loop a little bit more, like something maybe a little bit even more open ended where you have like the whole station to work through. And, you know, the alien likes to be in some places. He really doesn't like, you know, the sauna. So maybe that's the safe area. Uh, I don't know, maybe throw in some RPG stuff like build into alien deference, which is, you know, more plentiful flamethrower stuff versus just stealth. Or, I don't know. I'm spitballing here, but bottom line, yeah. I feel like they could do a lot more with uh, the alien isolation uh, game loop to add a little bit more depth to uh, interacting with the alien, maybe interacting with the space station you're around. Uh, I don't know. It's upsetting that we haven't gotten a sequel yet because, you know, it's definitely the most prolific alien game that's ever come out. Alien's super active in gaming. I mean, we got Fireteam Elite a couple of years ago. We got Dark Descent this year. Uh, there's a triple A one that keeps getting rumored that's like like styled after Resident Evil. Uh, there's one being oh, worked God. on by another studio that's like VR. Like, yeah, I can keep going. They're doing so much, and it's like, how is how is Isolation Two not one of them? Oh no, I said, Ow. oh God, because of the Resident Evil thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, which, the good parts. I was gonna say, which Resident Evil? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> that, that, that's the exciting part. We don't know. Hopefully not six. Oh, God, hopefully not six. Jesus, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I'd really like to see a sequel to Alien Isolation. I feel like it could be really great. Sorry, that one was mostly me because I know Logan hasn't played it, but yeah, that's my piece. <laughs> no, that's fine. Uh, I mean, I can see it because I, I, I have watched people play it and it does seem 
you know, it's definitely seems like it uh, could definitely be interesting. I, I do think my main problem probably would be the whole fact that it does seem to be it's a stealth game, but not a not like a stealth game where you're the stealthy guy. It like I, the survival horror aspect. Yeah, I don't know if I'd want to do that for 20 hours. Even as, even if it's not against the alien the mm-hmm. whole time, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there was really a ton of variety in terms of what you actually do. No, not really. No. Okay. And yeah, I feel like that could, because I think you're a hundred percent right, especially with games like that, where it stops being scary and more so becomes just a goddamn nuisance where you're just like, Oh my God, of course he's here now. Like, Oh my God, this is going to take 10 extra minutes because of bullshit RNG. Fantastic. Mm. <laughs> the perfect organism, as annoying as possible. Yes. Well, you're right. I haven't played it, so I mean, that's, that's like my two cents. Don't be invalid! In Not terms of... <laughs> in terms of another game that... Well, I can't say I'm surprised that it never got a sequel. Because Sorry, my chair is being a fucking dickhead. You teach that chair a lesson, Logan. <laughs> Sitting it harder. Uh, in terms of a game that it's kind of on the opposite end of Bloodborne, where it wasn't immediately popular, it became popular a lot later, like in life for seemingly no reason. Was uh, because well, metal... people realized it's just a walking shit post. I mean, it great. really is. <laughs> is Metal Gear Rising Revengeance? It was a game that, oh my God, I got it when it came out because it looked cool and the cutting mechanic was the coolest shit like in the 360 era. Probably, mm. I don't know how they did it. It was it was magic. But yeah, the whole I, cut from any angle, that blew my brain. Yeah. I was, little, I was like, how do you, how many things do you have to model for that? Like, what's yeah. the science behind that? The tech, the tech specs, I gotta know. I have no idea I mean, how I've got to know, but I, you know, a smarter version of me out there in the multiverse would like to know. Yeah, to this day, I have no idea how they did that. But I feel like at the time, like it sold well enough and it was received well enough, but it, ne- it didn't really make a splash. You know, it's kind of yeah. like it's kind of just there. And then a couple of years ago, just kind of all of a sudden, it just blew the fuck up. Where all of a sudden I'm seeing everyone playing this game. And like I said, I played it when it came out and I loved it. <laughs> like, I love that game. It's so good. And a lot of people, a lot of people do see there is a lot of shit posts and stuff. And but it's also not. I think the charm of it is, yes, it has a lot of memeable moments, but it also isn't saying nothing. Like, if you actually listen and pay attention to the story, it's actually saying a lot of cool things about, like, like a Metal Gear game does about society and, like, the military industrial complex. And um, uh, there was another big word that I was looking for, and I can't think of it. But, like, the idea of using war as a business and politics. And there's a lot of like actual intrigue and stuff to it it's just wrapped in like this funny layer and i'm kind of because i know the whole monsoon with the memes thing i know that's really popular but i also understand it 
the actual meaning because you know people meme on that all the time because they're like oh he's talking about memes and it's like it's always a little disappointing when people just you know see it as that shallow because memes before the internet used to actually be a term that was uh what is it it's like essentially like the culture that you pass down used to be known as memes and that's what monsoon is talking about like he's actually talking about a uh, philosophical concept it's just they use the word memes so <laughs> that's all people here that but, one didn't age too well no uh but i mean it's just it's great everybody on the game gave it a hundred percent of their all senator armstrong is like probably one of the most famous metal gear characters like at genuinely. this point if you would have asked me like five years ago, like to just tell people on the street, you know that guy? I don't think anybody would. But now, absolutely. Everyone knows Senator Armstrong now. And I feel like this, I guess I can't necessarily say I'm surprised it hasn't gotten a sequel. I would like a sequel to it because the ending, I feel like, set up enough for a sequel. And we're kind of in that era where game <laughs> people have run out of ideas, so they're bringing stuff back from the dead. And I mean, mm -hmm. this is something that the community itself brought back. And I, I don't even know if Platinum Games are necessarily a thing anymore. But I mean... Yeah, they're still around. They're not, you know, well... I don't think they're well some things. Yeah. Made some uh, games indeed. Yeah. Not but, to name any Babylon's fall. I did it again. <laughs> but I mean, if this were the time, this is like the era of bringing back old IPs and, you know, putting life back into them. And like, you definitely already yeah. got a fan base and people looking for right. it. So I guess right. I'm just I surprised mean, like, that, that no that one's alone hopped on seems it like yet. Reason. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can understand that it probably didn't catch on right away just because it seems like a weird intersection between a, you know, melee action and Metal Gear, which isn't yeah. really known for that. No, and not so at all. First one. I can understand that. I remember I played the demo. I'd like it. To, I'd play the sequel for sure if uh, it came bundled with uh, maybe a collector's edition option. But if it came bundled with a designer from the game to sit next to me and tell me how the parry works, because I couldn't figure that out when I played the demo and I <laughs> cried and gave up. But uh, yeah. I yeah, I think that like the reception alone in the recent years has uh I don't know, has made me surprised that there's not, you know, anything moving towards that because it feels like they'd be trying to capitalize on that. I know game development takes a long time, but you know, the yeah. fan base is there. And by my understanding, you know, it's a fun game, but you could definitely uh deepen it up a bit. I think that was one of the main concerns that it didn't feel like there was a I'm, I could be totally wrong. Please tell me if I'm wrong. No. But a lot of it came down to uh, very cer uh, very certain combos and parrying, and that was kind of it. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> the real this, the thing that really carried the game was the um, uh, God, why can't I remember the actual name of it? Ah, uh, it's something time. Why can't the cutting and the why can't I remember? Uh, what oh, that? yeah, the thing we Guys, were talking about uh... where you could just slash 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 slash. Yeah, what the fuck is that? Anyways, the combat was definitely carried by that and the cut mm -hmm. system and the physics system. That was, that's what really made the combat fun. If you took that away, it would be a very mediocre hack and slash game. I'll be 100% honest. Yeah.
but uh, uh, it's probably uh it's probably in Konami's field and that's it you know they're going through some weird restructuring of what the, they want to do with games it was only just until like a year ago they were like yeah we'll keep making consoles stuff oh that's right it's Konami oh, no. I don't want to give Konami money fuck <laughs> it's oh too Blade late Mode movie. that's what it's called Jesus Blade Mode that yeah. was so simple it really was <laughs> <laughs> that was much more interesting than that but uh, yeah, no, I'm surprised. Well, uh, considering how Konami cannibalized Metal Gear already, I'm surprised that they haven't tried to finish the job. <laughs> yeah, or at least re-release it at this point. Yeah, maybe in an, uh, a different because uh, they're doing the whole like master collection for Metal Gear. Maybe they'll do it in like a sequel to, the, to that. Maybe. Maybe scalps will fly out of me pants. I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah. How are they going to top uh, their original one, though? How, how do you how do you surpass? Senator I don't Armstrong know. That, the that's the other Ray? thing. I don't know if you can capture lightning in a bottle like that again. I also. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff in that game where I don't know if you can necessarily. Put that out today. <laughs> oh, oh, like, well, I say that. Eh, I don't know. I don't know if it's me. Maybe people just took like the. Maybe it's just people taking the based like stuff way too far, but I maybe oh no that's never a good sign. Maybe, but I mean it also. Armstrong is definitely the bad guy, but he's such an interesting and a beloved character because he what he's saying, you can see the logic in it. He's just going about it in like an insane way, and like I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I know. It would be, it it would be it, interesting it, it, do we, for do we get into it today. Or do we not get into it? No, we're not gonna. Because I well, I've also haven't played it in a very long time, so I can't necessarily remember the beats that I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but fair, very I guess fair. I, maybe that's too strong. Maybe it's too strong of a thing to say that I don't know if it could be released nowadays. I, I'll take that back and I'll say it would be very interesting to see it released nowadays. <laughs> So, like, what we've been talking about so far, right, are sequels we want to see because the original one was good and we want more of it, right? Why are you giggling? You giggled. Why'd you giggle? No, oh, I coughed. That was not a giggle. <laughs> All right, I got my eye on you, funny man. Anyway, because Giggles it's good and we want me. more. Yeah. Oh, it's been so long since I heard that name. Bring it back some point. Not today. Some point. This one I want to talk about here is a sequel that it's not so much that I want it because it was really good before and I want more of it, but I feel like we need a redemption arc, you know? I feel like you brought this up several times. (laughs) I've probably brought it. Have I brought it up? I'm trying to think. I feel like you saying those exact. I feel like I've heard you say those exact words where it's like, yeah, it's not because the first game was good, but we needed a redemption arc. I feel like I've heard that exact phrase from you before. Well, you get to hear it a second time. Not many people get that chance. Boy. Hey, Logan. Yeah. Do you remember PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale? I've definitely heard this from you. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, my man. I've definitely talked about this game. I don't know about on the podcast, but before. Uh, For those of you who don't know, which is understandable because it's kind of in the wastebasket of history. uh, (laughs) In 2012, Sony Interactive Entertainment uh, gave us their entrant into the uh, what I don't think was coined at the time, but has since been coined platform fighter genre which is a kind of a subgenre of the fighting game, which is much more casual, much more party-focused, up to four players, uh, elements of platforming, lots of jumping. Not Instead of like elaborate combo moves or inputs, it's very simple. It's, not, you know, it's all directional. It's all one move at a time. 
And uh, the most important characteristic of a platform fighter being legally distinct from Smash Brothers. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> say that's Sony's ripoff of Smash Brothers. <laughs> to, to put it crudely, yes, that is what it was. <laughs> they wanted to have their own. It's a PlayStation crossover fighting game, uh, which you get a bunch of PlayStation characters together and just around, see what happens. But there was a there was a twist to PlayStation All-Stars. That could be argued why it failed, but uh, it made it very interesting. Yeah, so it's it doesn't play quite the same as a normal fighting game. And Logan, you'll have to guide me here. I'm not familiar with the parlance of your people. Yeah. But in a normal fighting game, my understanding is that so you as a fighter perform an action. And when this action makes contact with the enemy fighter, I think the phenomenon is damage is dealt. Is that right? Are they blocking? <laughs> Mm, we'll assume for the sake of the conversation, no, they're not blocking. Then yes. <laughs> okay, good. I just want to make sure I got the terminology right. Yes, uh, you did. Good so good unlike job, other buddy. fighting games in which uh, you attack and, okay, to put it from the fighter's perspective, damage is given. Uh, instead, when you fight someone in All-Stars, you gain super energy. And with the super energy, you accumulate it and you can spend them on powerful super moves. So a level one super, it's pretty cheap, doesn't take that long to gain. It's pretty easy to interrupt. It's going to affect a very small area. When you might get someone, you might get a couple people. That'd be a pretty good return on investment. Level two super takes a little bit longer to build up, obviously. But, but they're harder to interrupt, affect a much wider range. You should probably get a KO with this one. If you don't, you're being a little silly. <laughs> and if you don't get a KO with a level three super, the most expensive kind, uninstall. <laughs> because they are really powerful. Either they just clear the screen and there's nothing you can do, or they uh, transform the character in a way that can potentially let them KO fighters several times uh, within the transformation. Very strong, obviously expensive, but ideally good payoff. If not, uninstall. And so it's a, it's a, it's a unique paradigm, if nothing else. The idea that like there's one move you have right now that can kill that man. And that man has one move that can kill you. And so it kind of becomes this sort of almost tactical back and forth like oh is he going to use the move is he going to try to combo into the move are they even going to use that move and try and just you know gain energy and use the next move and so it, it's an interesting it's an interesting direction to take a fighting game and some of it uh came forward in practice some of it stayed on the paper maybe too much <laughs> of it stayed on the paper uh i mean it, it always made sense to me to a degree because like when you're on the playground you're like this character could kick this character's ass I mean, it's never like a conversation of, but you see, this one has a better neutral drab and you see they're anti-air. No, it's always like, okay, this character can clap their hands and end the world. Can the other character do that? No, they win. So to just put all of the stock into saying, okay, yeah, it's the super moves that are really going to do the damage. I mean, it makes some, some degree of sense, but for a fighting game, I don't know how intuitive it is. Again, you know, unfamiliar as I am with the violence of your people. <laughs> Like, you could beat Parappa the Rapper into the third dimension, and he won't do anything. Like, that doesn't do anything. It's not until you use the one special move that he'll get KO'd. And, like, sometimes it can be satisfying. Like, you know, oh, you're going back and forth in a 1v1 for five minutes, and then you finally, you know, they hit you with that super. It's like, ah, you know, ah, you got me. You got me. Good one. But then it's just as likely that you'll immediately respawn and immediately get hit with another super. And it's like, oh, I guess, yeah, those stocks were equivalent. Yeah, that makes sense to me. <laughs> like, you can get, like, zero to death. That's a term, right? People yeah. use that term in fighting games? Yeah. You can get zero to death uh, in a fighting game. But, I mean, the person's got to do stuff. they got to string stuff together. They have to show that, you know, they have this the game sense. 
Yeah. Or even in a platform fighter, you can like be yeeted off the side. But at that point, you're either doing it to yourself or you're not recovering. So I feel like it's kind of weird for All-Stars if it's just like mm-hmm. it, it's all in the one shots. And it can make it feel real punishing if you miss like an idiot, like a loser. And now you have to gain more super energy like a <laughs> peasant, you peon, you know. I also think that it was a, I don't know, it could be a little bit complicated. Like every character had a like... 12 or 13 different moves and that's cool but they were all extremely different and there was so there's like no way to pick up a character and have a baseline you know like okay that's low that's high that's kick that's uh you know quit the game you know you don't really have that consistency across characters like you could hit square as you know bioshock's big daddy it's just a jab it doesn't do anything it could be a three hit combo some three hit combos will launch some will just randomly not okay cool and then you have isaac clark with square is the plasma cutter you just fire a gun on square like <laughs> for his neutral he fires a gun <laughs> he fires a gun it's like oh i did see that coming so i i don't think that all stars was very you know intuitive to pick up it was fun all the characters were unique and sometimes it could be you know as tactical as the uh, premise promised i said sometimes okay i said sometimes <laughs> i'm being honest about it and i but i think the biggest issue with the game was probably its roster I'll be honest, mm. like all stars came out at a weird time in 2012 when a lot of like major franchises were uh, going through some changes, going through some mood swings. And so the characters we got weren't necessarily like icons of PlayStation history. A lot of them were ads for PlayStation's future. Like, <laughs> it's funny, we're talking about revengeance. You know, Metal Gear Solid is, you know, one of the most iconic PlayStation associated third party brands, right? The original game, everyone regards it as one of the best of the PS1. That is a classic. And so to represent Metal Gear, we got Raiden from Revengeance, which was not out yet. It wasn't out for four months. (laughs) And that's the that's who we got. No uh, Solid Snake, no Big Boss. That's who we got. All right, cool. Well, what Devil May Cry, you know, that's great. That's been a PlayStation stable for years. Uh, we'll get Dante from the reboot, which was out in three months. That's the wrong version. That's see the not di- that Dante wanted. So to say, see the difference is that Dante is not as good as the other Dante. So that's a downgrade. Mm-hmm. For Raiden, Raiden got his redemption arc in players' eyes for revengeance. Right. So before that point, he was the little shit that everyone hated because uh, Kojima baited and switched you in Metal Gear 2. Right. And they did. And they kind of, you know, they brought him back in four. I think that just kind of confused a lot of people. It's like, what is he? He's fighting a vampire and he's hopping on a grass. What is he doing? Yeah. And like that, that was kind of like people were like, OK, you know, maybe not as bad. But Revengeance was really the the time where Ryan like was cool. Like to right. a lot of people again, because I know some people liked him, but mm-hmm. a lot of people did not. Right. So that's but we weren't that's there yet. Weird. Yeah, we weren't there yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And reboot Dante, arguably even worse, because at least some people were kind of interested in Revengeance. I I don't think there was much interest in the reboot in the direction it was going. No. <laughs> uh, from the from the debut, it just looked like it was going the wrong place. But then you have people who are literally included in the game as DLC because specifically they said because they have games coming out uh, in God of War Ascension and Dead Space 3, Zeus and Isaac Clarke. And I love Isaac Clarke. I love that he's in PlayStation All-Stars. He's really fun. He's actually like some of his stuff is actually really cool what they did with him. But it's also the fact that they specifically said, hey, he's coming out because Dead Space 3 is out in a month. And it's that that's the version of the character we got. 
Oh no. Or how there was, uh, <laughs> that yeah, thank you for that. Thank you uh... for that. <laughs> and then there were some characters that I know we didn't get because they were going through some changes. Like I know they talked about Laura Croft at one point was on the docket, but then Crystal Dynamics pulled out because like ah, we got the reboot coming out. We really want to you know make that the first time you uh, are with her. So I mean, Tomb Raider that's a big franchise for PlayStation history that wasn't included. Uh, I was thinking, I mean, mainstays like Crash and Spyro weren't, they were going through some weird shit at that time. Spyro was going through Skylanders. Crash had his neck snapped and was in a ditch. It was really gruesome. <laughs> we were half a decade away from him being alive again. And so it just felt like a lot of people were missing and the people who were here were advertisements. And like, they got a few of the ones you'd expect. You know, they got, you know, Kratos, Nathan Drake, you'd expect that. You know, you got uh, Jack and Daxter, Ratchet and Clank, you know, classic PS2 era. But it really kind of felt like uh, this game was sort of like put out to die, honestly, because it had like the bare bones of who you'd expect and then the uh, the advertisements to fill out the remainder. And it was just. There was maybe some promise in All Stars concept, maybe we could refine the super system into something, maybe all we need is just like an actual health bar, just so there's at least that base level of I punch you and you hurt and that's why I play this game something. Because it does have a fun, you know, there were some fun ideas with it. The super idea is interesting, maybe needs to be changed a bit. Uh, but one thing I really liked about it is that the stages were mashups too. Like the whole game's a mashup. The fact that the stages weren't just like, oh, it's, you know, it's Hades from God of War 3. You're fighting in that. Halfway through, Patapon comes in and kills him. That's funny. That's unexpected. <laughs> and it gives some representation to franchises who, you know, maybe don't have a fighter. Like uh, like the, uh, the Buzz Quiz series. Anybody remember that? I remember that. And how you could like answer quiz questions on the platforms of uh, the little big planet stage or a hot shots golf and just raining golf balls like a, a weird irresponsible amount of golf balls please stop please stop i'm trying to fight here <laughs> like stuff like that's cool yeah. it'd be cool to see them kind of like do something more to it like that's the most like proof of concepty thing i think like it, it, there's something here especially now like there is so much more to celebrate for playstation because that's what it's supposed to be right a celebration of playstation history there's so much more that they've done since and it's arguable if some of it's worth celebrating but they've done a lot <laughs> they've got you know stuff like bloodborne they've got returnal They've got uh, all these classic franchises have come back. Now there wouldn't be a question which Dante we'd receive. Uh, True. Tomb Raider's gotten <laughs> a lot more lax. Uh, Crash and Spyro are alive again. We fixed them. <laughs> like, I feel like, and especially now, we're like in the middle of like the uh, the PS2, early PS3 nostalgia wave. Like, I feel like now's the time to strike. Like, we could, we could have something here. But there's yeah, been nothing. It's possible. I will say that concept on paper, they would have to make some changes to it where it definitely can't just be the super that kills you. Yeah. Because as a fighting game player, if all it, if the whole thing was just building up to a super and it's just who gets the first hit, that would probably be some of the most frustrating bullshit that I could imagine. Because right. you could work and dominate really hard in like the neutral, but you just miss your super and they don't and you lose because of that. That's not fun. Right. Or just to YOLO it. Like I remember yeah. having some games online where it was like a four, you know, it was a free for all four before I a four, not four before one for all. And I'm like, I was struggling. I'm playing a character I'm not good at. I'm, you know, 
one guy's wiping the floor with us. But, you know, because I'm not the focus, you know, they're all dogpiling on him. I YOLO my last super, and that's like my only KO, and I win the whole match because it just happened to hit that guy. You yeah. know that guy is throwing his controller. Like, it's it's the it's the whole one-shot thing. that I, you know, It doesn't really work, I think. Yeah, if I hit you and I don't do damage, I feel like that's not a good... It's not good. <laughs> right. I mean, action and reaction, right? Something should happen there. Yeah. And a meter filling up isn't the most interesting thing to happen there. No. And again, because you don't really get any reward for it. Like, you might as well just mm-hmm. wait and for them to screw up. It, it just seems... It, it, I don't know. <laughs> right. And then the balance, too. It was never balanced really properly because with the... Was, you know, yeah. If supers are the only thing to KO then pretty much the top tier characters are going to have the supers that are, you know, really strong and very easy to combo into. Yeah. You have characters that have really good kits, uh, but I mean, it doesn't really matter because their supers are really unreliable and can barely combo into anything. So you might as well just not even bother. And then you, you have also... characters like Kratos who can just literally any move, any move in his move set, you're dead. You're dead. He's going to send you into the tornado of hell. You're dead. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, because that almost sounds kind of like Marvel versus Capcom 3 where like honestly you can die off of like any hit but the difference being is in Marvel you actually have to have that first of all that execution which feels like right. is less so than would be in All-Stars and also in Marvel like you still have like reversal options and every hit you do land still does damage and does something Right. And it's not just building up a meter. Right. Supers are an option in Marvel. Yeah. They are not in All-Stars. Yeah. They're required in All-Stars, yeah. which I don't like. <laughs> right. I imagine it yeah, it kept a lot of people out of it. Well, think about Marvel too. Marvel looks great. Marvel's yes. beautiful. Not infinite. Three is beautiful. Yeah. Three is great. <laughs> not infinite. Three though. Mm. Uh all Stars is kind of ugly. That's a no, that's the other biggest thing. Graphically, it's not bad. It's not it's not terrible. I think there was something about having to do parody with Vita that it couldn't look great, mm. but it was still okay. But all of the other aspects of the presentation was just awful. Like the menus were just literally like a random character picked, and there's like their file photo over a random backdrop. All of the art was terrible. The uh, all the arcade mode was about as bare bones as you can get. It's like one of those concept art things. Like, oh. oh, I'm here and is panning over the art. And now I want to go over there. And it's <laughs> just that with like one actually animated cutscene uh, in between where they uh, pick a fight with a rival, which I actually kind of the rival cutscenes are stupid and I kind of love them where they yeah, just the, like the fucking show Isaac... up at a random place and then just insult each other. It's great. The fucking Isaac Clark and Zeus one is so great. <laughs> they have such great. Their rival scenes are the best. I don't know why. It's just like. Also, really why good. are they rifles? Like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> why Isaac were, Clark and Zeus? They were released at the same time, I guess, and they're just like, why not? It works, though. It's weird. It works. At least I feel like it works. More than some of the rifles they had, like Evil Cole McGrath and Fat Princess. What the? What? What? Why wouldn't it be Evil Cole McGrath and Cole McGrath? What? <laughs> uh, Cole McGrath was Raiden. That was his rival. Like, Is, is it because like they he, both have to do with the lightning? <laughs> That's like, my that guess. That's weird. <laughs> it's weird, but it's got like that weirdness. It's like that's fun. That's okay. Let's have a whole thing of that. More of that. 
I don't know. I feel like we could have a sequel and we could actually make something good here. We could have our redemption story. But uh, I guess Sony hurt its pride a little bit. Even though, and I don't even feel, feel like they were really that proud of it. It felt like one of those uh, games they just kind of released because they could. They barely marketed it and everything. Well, Scott, according to you, half of the roster was advertisement, so... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this day and age, a, mo a more sensical mechanic at the core of it, bumped up presentation value, I, you know, we could have something here. Maybe. Probably never know, though. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, we'll never know. I would love to see it happen. If yeah. anyone, if they were like to ever hand me the keys to something, like ever for like a dream, I'd be like, yes, give me that. I can do this. I can fix him. <laughs> uh, it'll never happen, though. No. Well, uh, well. <laughs> before we uh, before we wrap this up, are there any sequels that have maybe like popped in your head while we're doing this that, you know, you don't want to get in too deep, but just like, hey, it'd be cool mm, if we had another one of those. It was one rapid fire feel. Uh, my man, that is <laughs> my man. My man, we we could have had Titanfall 3. We have Apex instead. This I, is not a great timeline. I am so sick of people. I'm, I'm so sick of seeing Call of Duty and Infinite, or not Infinite Warfare, um, Halo Infinite clips of people being like, wow, the movement's so great. And it's just a horribly downgraded version of Titanfall. It's just like... <laughs> yeah, their version of movement is just like spamming, like like strafing and flicking the camera every direction that isn't a character, just wilding out. It's like the or children it's... yearn for Titanfall. It's or... right there, the actual fluid movement mechanics. <laughs> or it's like glitching on the wall or some shit. This yeah. is like you just you want wall running. You want Titanfall. That's what you're asking for. <laughs> I'm just right. say it. <laughs> right. All of these tweets, like, oh, it'd be so great if they added this. Like, it's where were you seven years ago <laughs> but they don't like it scott because it's not halo and it's not call of duty it's not the brand oh my brand my brand. i'll never forget ea for releasing Titlefall 2 in the middle of call of duty and battlefield saying no i think it's got its own audience i think it'll do fine it's really annoying because it's a really good game even the campaign like, oh, i yeah. really liked it, it there's a lot of creative stuff in the campaign it was so fun. I got the game when it came out. I thought like I got a few hours, you know, you know, in between classes. I'll play the campaign. I finished it in like two days. Yeah. It was like <laughs> I was like, oh shit, this is actually pretty good. <sighs> but unfortunately, something else I think we're never gonna see. Yeah, it's so unfortunate. Apex is making too much money. It's not yeah. even necessarily that Apex is a bad game, it's just not Titanfall. <laughs> no, it's just not. Yeah. Uh, and it never will be. And it nope. never will be. No. Well, do you, uh, well, sorry, did I steal yours? Did uh, you <laughs> no, no, it's just that is a really good one to okay. uh, call out. <laughs> I mean, I would really like to see another 2D Rayman game. Like, we have Origins and Legends we had, and Origins was already really good. Legends blew the damn roof off the joint. That's amazing. Unfortunately, uh, Rayman has been in cryosleep since 2013. He's been thawed briefly for like the uh, Mario Rabbids DLC that I think is coming out pretty soon. But that's like the last we've seen of him. And it's like Legends is legitimately like one of the best 2D platformers ever made. Please don't stop. Is it made continue. by Ubisoft? It is made by Ubisoft. Yeah. Good luck yeah. with that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I can't imagine it's that expensive to make. I mean, obviously, you know, you have to make the game, but it's like, it's 2D, it's, you know, limited scope, it's, you know, ah, it'd be great. It's something creative. Great. Ubisoft doesn't do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. 
Remember how they criticized Elden Ring's UI? I still I love that. that. I, I still love that picture of Elden Ring. If it was made by Ubisoft, that it's just fucking cluttering <laughs> mess. Every single meter that has ever been in a video game is there. My yeah. favorite part is the subtitle beneath it, where it's like, "I should investigate that glowing light." <laughs> love that part. It's great. <sighs> uh, yeah, I don't think of any other games off the top of my head. Anyway, uh, I mean, I would love to see. Uh, a proper new little big planet game. I know mm. they're doing the whole like Sackboy thing now, but I'd love to see a, a proper real one that is finally in 3D, you cowards. Doesn't even have to be like full 3D, just make it isometric. I don't care. But the fact that they haven't is I mean I was gonna say upsetting. I know Media Molecule's not involved anymore and the games that have been made since weren't great, but uh, it'd be nice to see something uh, from actually Little Big Planet again. I feel like the they've reduced the scope so much it's like well why was this even little big planet in the first place doesn't seem very planet like to me no planet here oh. or even just call it like little like, big look. plane yeah yes. little big hill <laughs> yeah. like they call it like Sackboy a big adventure you couldn't even do a little big adventure it's right there you used half of the they work. didn't do a little big adventure what the fuck no they just did a big adventure it's not even accurate because he's small. <laughs> I hate games that are not accurately titled. <laughs> <laughs> the bane of my existence. Titanfall. Titans fall. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Elegant, even. Beautiful. And Doom? Yeah, I say more. <laughs> yes, I don't get it. Resident Evil? where there's barely been any <laughs> residents or evil there, there was a house in one and a house in seven that is it get back ashley this residence getting evil <laughs> bro i love that line oh, love i love that picture so fucking much oh good lord we already did the title episode logan this is the sequel episode calm down no I guess it's the end of the sequel episode. Can we get a sequel to this episode? (laughs) Hopefully one with Michael in it. Yeah, hopefully. I think that'd be a real improvement. I feel like this was a promising proof of concept, but I feel like we could expand it in the future with a bigger uh, sequel episode. Yeah. Yeah. I think I I, I really feel like Michael is the part that stayed on paper and he really should have been brought out of there. Yeah. It got cut during the design process just because, Mm -hmm. you know, budget stuff. But maybe we'll make enough back that uh, we can uh, re-add him. Yeah. We can't afford him right now. So unfortunate. Mm -hmm. Well, Maybe we'll get him back. Or, or just hear me out. Scallops will fly out of my pants. That is also a very likely possibility. Yes. Anyways, thank you everybody for joining us on this episode. If you've made it this far, do you're welcome, appreciate Logan. Oh, you it. You know what? I'm not even going to thank you because you already said you're welcome. So I don't feel like I, you're welcome, I feel Logan. like there's nothing to be here. Yeah. Uh, have I? I'm horribly derailed <laughs> pushed him all the way off the tracks my 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 brain is gone so uh everybody else you have a great rest of um fuck i don't even remember what the joke was <laughs> <laughs> he's so far gone he's gone back to the joke and forgotten the joke yeah nobody wins here yeah have a have a good one that's all i'm gonna say i, I can't i genuinely can't remember the <laughs> joke that i used i i don't know fuck it <laughs> See you next week. <laughs>